pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you at this time. We thank you for another great privilege that we have been granted to be able to come here at this time as your people for the purpose of studying your word. And as we do so, may we as students receive it with open and honest hearts in the various subjects and books that we're studying, we ask you to grant into the various teachers the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to adequately speak the things that they have prepared so that we all may be able to gain a better understanding. We thank you for each and every one that is here. We are mindful that there are others among us that are not with us for whatever reason it may be, and we pray that you will watch over and strengthen them and that they will return to us. We're mindful of those that have lost loved ones. We pray that they will be strengthened and comforted and that they will turn into you, and as we have opportunity, may we minister to them in some way. We ask you to be with those of our number that are sick with various physical ailments and whatever those may be and we know that they are numerous we know that there are many with cancer and other conditions and we just pray that your hand of comfort and strength be upon them and those that are providing care to them in various ways and if it be your will that they too may be able to return to us and as we prepare to depart for our classes and leave here in a short while that you will always watch over us and continue to care for us. And for this we ask, and in Christ's name, amen. I'm in the way the Christ's I'm in the way the 
Good evening, everyone. Hope you're having a terrific week. Hasn't it been beautiful? And more on the outlook. So feel really blessed. And every once in a while, we have one of those thunderstorms spring up and just kind of dampen everything. Just a great time of the year. I've got one of those starlight mints in my mouth and it's breaking down. If I choke on it, just give me a second, okay? All right. I have a. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Okay, we have a list of sick people that I want to quickly go over. And if you have someone you'd like to put on this list, I'll guarantee you we'll be praying for them tonight. And um, I know the elders pray over them when we gather. So they're they're going to they're going to be before God's throne. Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She's pretty well in pain all the time now. Austin Wentz had a pretty tough time last week, but I think he's come back home and, and doing better. Don Dawson is very ill. Uh, Wade Davis is now past 11 months uh, missing. So we want to pray for Sue and, and the rest of his family. Carolyn Wilcott was here on Sunday. She's recovering from several injuries. Bobby Petty has cancer. Kelby Smith has Parkinson's, and that kind of complicates his immune system and subject to other illnesses. Larry Kennedy has lymphoma. Van Roberts has cancer. Paul Rollison has cancer. Lex Crossan has some health issues. Norma Hemwell is Joan and Martha's sister. She is not well. Marty and Donna Woodruff both have cancer. Eli Johnson. How's, how's he doing through his treatments? Okay. He had a lot to go through. James Goddard has cancer. John Roten has health problems. Ann Langford has arthritis pain. Emma Hutton has cancer. 
uh, Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, Teresa Burcham. Yes. Do you tell her that's what we do? That's what we do. Laura is doing great in her pregnancy, it appears. So we're thankful for that. And Lauren Brumley is also pregnant. Linda Garrett's undergoing follow-up treatments, and she's been with us quite often. Thankful for that. Barbara Foster has cancer. Mike Vance has cancer. Lynn Barragona is still going through therapy, but she seems to be doing great. Uh, Luther wants off the list. So, Luther, we've been praying for you for a long time. Uh, I really don't want to take you off this list. <laughs> not until you, well, now if I throw a challenge out there, you jump out here and do it. So I'm not going to do that part. But uh, just keep yourself healthy, safe. Uh, Dave Woodrow's dealing with some problems. Jeremy Owens has cancer. Marley Warner's undergoing rehab for her repeat surgery on her arm. Uh, Larry Muse has cancer. Angie South has cancer. Lennox Kenimer, five years old, has leukemia. Brenda Taylor, who's Lisa's friend, has bladder cancer. How's Linda? Doing pretty good. Going back tomorrow? Okay. All right, good. Loxley Eaton uh, has a genetic issue they're dealing with. Roy Taylor went home to get stronger, maybe have bypass uh, on down the road. Pat Cooper still making progress? Okay, that's wonderful. Minnie Yarbrough, that was, is Rick's aunt. She fell and injured herself, but going home, that's good. Uh, as was mentioned, Johnny Parker's dad that we had been praying for was very seriously ill. He, he has passed, died on Saturday. Micah McBrayer is four years old, has been taking treatments for cancer. Excuse me, the parents are having to make trips to St. Jude for treatments. Betty Cosby has liver problems. Uh, Diane White here. Okay. All right. Doctors are trying to track down exactly the problem. But, um, well, we hope they come up with something. <laughs> uh, Cassie Stewart has chronic pain, and she's been uh, dealing with that more seriously of late. Uh, Joey Jameson, who's father of Hannah Downs, had a stroke on Friday and some complications with that. Philip Coates' brother, Jerry, he died yesterday. Uh, Janie Toller fell, broke some ribs, um, is going to be going through rehab. I think maybe that the knee that was the original problem maybe gave way and she fell, but she broke a bunch of ribs, some of them in two different places. Okay, you have anybody else?
You know, I just took her off this list. That means if I take you off the list, something might happen. <laughs> he says, leave me on there. Leave me on there. Okay. All right. Uh, anyone else? Okay. Let's have our prayer together and then we'll begin our study for tonight. Father in heaven, thank you for just another beautiful day. Thank you for the blessing that each of us have of various works to do. And I pray that in the exercise of those things that we have brought glory and honor to you. No matter what the job, I pray that as Christians we're, we're doing it in a way that's very different even from our coworkers. That people will see there's something unique about us and they see Jesus. Lord, these people that are on this list are people who are our friends and family. And we're praying for relief. We pray your blessings on Irene Baker that she can find some relief from her pain and have good days with Melinda. We pray for Austin Wentz who's had some setbacks along the way but is enduring a long series of treatments. We pray they're a success and they'll reap uh, health in the end. We pray for Don Dawson and his comfort and we pray for Brenda too. Bless the Davis family as Wade has been missing for so very long. We pray they can find some closure somehow. We thank you that Carolyn Wilcutt's doing better. We pray she'll have a full recovery. Bless Bobby Petty who has cancer and um, pray that uh, maybe Joe can be a comfort to him as his friend. We pray for Kelby Smith that his condition uh, will stabilize and that he will have good days with his family. Be with Larry Kennedy who has cancer but is doing better. Bless Van Roberts who has cancer. And Paul Rollison who has cancer. Pray for Lex Crossan that he'll have good days. And for Norma Hemwell. Bless Joan as she tends to her. We pray for Marty, Marty Woodruff and his wife Donna, who both have cancer. We ask your blessings on Eli Johnson as he undergoes his treatments for cancer. We ask your blessings on James Goddard who has cancer. And uh, give good days to John Roten and bless Peggy and his care. Pray for Ann Langford. She'll find relief from her pain. Be with Emma Hutton, Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland. Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, Teresa Bertram, who have cancer. Continue blessing Laura Galloway and Lauren Brumley as they go through their pregnancies. And we just pray that all will be well for everybody involved. We ask your continued blessings on Linda Garrett as she undergoes these treatments and just strengthen her and give her a good outcome. We pray for Barbara Foster who has cancer, Mike Vance who has cancer. Be with Lynn Baragono who's now on the road, steady road to recovery. We pray her treatment rehab is going to free up her arm and give her good, good use of it again. We pray for Luther too, Lord, who's sustained so many injuries in his arms and we just pray that he can heal and be pain-free. We pray for Dave Woodrow that he will have good days and be with Lynette as she cares for him.
We pray for Jeremy Owens, who has cancer. Bless Marley Warner that her rehab will result in full use of her arm again. Be with Larry Muse, who's dealing with cancer right now and problems with his liver. We pray for Angie South, who has cancer, and Lennox Kenimer, who has leukemia. Be with Brenda Taylor and give her uh, comfort and strength as she battles bladder cancer. We pray for Linda Beard in her recovery, and we pray that she'll get good news at her doctor visit tomorrow. Be with Loxley Eaton, who has a condition that uh, is unique and needs to be treated. Pray for Roy Taylor that he'll get strong enough that he can have a corrective surgery that will make his body heal and that he'll be healthy again. We pray for Minnie Arbra who fell and we pray a full recovery for her. We pray for Johnny Parker in the death of his dad for his comfort. Bless Micah McBrayer who's making trips to St. Jude and still uh, dealing with uh, treatment for cancer. Pray for Betty Cosby who has liver problems. Bless our sister Diane as she's trying to get some answers regarding her own health. And we pray that the results from her blood work will be sufficient that they'll indicate exactly what protocols are to help heal her body. We pray for Cassie Stewart, who's in constant pain. We pray that can be remedied. We pray for Joey Jamison in his recovery and dealing with all the complications that came with a stroke. We pray your comfort on Philip Coates and the Coates family in Jerry's death yesterday. We pray for Janie Toller in her recovery. And we pray for Flora Warner, who has fallen and re-injured her back. And we pray that she will have a full recovery and do well. We ask, Lord, that you'll be with us in our study tonight and uh, help it to be effective in uh, strengthening us, helping us to know what it is that we need to do in tending to our families. Help us see what the Bible has to say about these things and then help us to put those things into practice according to your instruction. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... We're talking about what the Bible has to say concerning tending your family. And tonight we're going to talk about positive communication. Positive communication. I want to start with the last word right there, communication. You know, a lot of our English words are combinations of words. And this is one of them. Some words have prefixes that kind of change the nuance of the base word. And some words have suffixes, which are the endings of the word, that also do the same thing, change the nuance of the word. So in the word communication is actually the base word communion. Communion. And you have at the end the suffix A-T-I-O-N, A-T-I-O-N, 
When you add that suffix to any word, it literally means the action of it. Okay, so what we've got with communication is literally, by the definition of those terms, the action of communion. Now, you and I are familiar with that word communion, right? We talk about the Lord's Supper as being communion because that's how Paul referred to it in the book of 1 Corinthians. So communion is our, we often refer to it as our fellowship with one another, our fellowship with Christ because we're communing in the body and the blood of Christ. But we're also communing with one another in that all of us are partaking of the bread and the fruit of the vine. Communion, we think of oftentimes as fellowship. But think about the term communication again. Communication is the action of communion. Okay, so what would be the action of being together or fellowshipping, of people coming together? And it's the things that you often associate with when you hear the word communication. Like some people say that they can communicate without words at all. You know, they can give a person a certain look. Now, I don't know if that's true for you, but I know between Anita and I, I'm thinking especially me, right? Sometimes I can give a look that communicates exactly how I'm feeling. I didn't have to say a word. She gets it. Now, I guarantee you, I know the looks that I receive and what it is I better do. Right there is the action of communion. We're in fellowship, but she is imparting to me her desire or what action that she is hoping to see. Um, sometimes when you hear the word communication, you think probably most often the idea of speaking words. But think about this. It is actually the communion between at least two people. Now, you and I right now, we're communicating, but it's basically going in one direction. Although I get some looks from people once in a while, and I know what you're communicating back to me. So it, it is going back and forth, but the idea is that we're, we're together in this. Whether it's one way or going two ways, we're in fellowship with regard to a message or an action, in this case, the speaking. Uh, sometimes you communicate with messaging on your phone. You didn't say any words, but you type some little messages and you can send them over the internet. Uh, we communicate by writing notes on cards and letters and so forth. But underlying all of that is that there is an action or a vehicle that we are using in order to commune with one another, in order to be in fellowship with one another, to make contact. When you communicate, you're able to build understanding. That's what true communication is. We are using these avenues in order to understand one another. I want you to understand what I'm saying. And then when you retort or you refer back, I'm trying to understand how you received it. Maybe... Uh, what you've grasped about what has been said. We do that in our conversations 
all the time. Sometimes communication indicates whether we are on the same pathway or not. Now, let's talk about religious matters. Uh, many times I've been in discussions with people. Let's say we're talking about r really in, in some ways a kind of a generic idea of what faith is. Okay, we're both using the same word faith and it seems like we're in the same conversation. <laughs> but when we finish, we don't arrive at the same place. And that's because we're using the same word, faith, but my perception of what the Bible has to say about it and their perception about what the Bible has to say about it turns out was very different. There were a lot of things that sounded the same, but when we got to our final destination, we, we did, where, where is he? <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't travel together in this conversation. So it's important when we communicate that we, in the communicating, determine whether or not we're on the same pathway or not. And then communication is also a powerful means of expressing our love for other people. Now, you know love can be expressed by just a glance. Have you ever seen the person, the object of your affection across a room and your eyes met? Remember how that made you feel? Just the warmth of it. You didn't say a word, but you saw somebody that you care about. Or maybe you're in a room full of strangers and in walks a friend from home. It's just like, wow, what a, what a relief. You didn't have to say a word, but the friendship, the love, the connection, the communion with one another was achieved just by sight. We convince people of our love by the words that we say. We sometimes convince people of our love by the things that we write or don't write the way we express ourselves in action to achieve communion. That's what communication is all about. Now, it's pretty famous given how the pandemic went that it was discovered communication is powerfully important. And you remember when the outbreak first occurred, where we were anyway, Pretty much in the news and across the state, the idea was if everybody will shelter in place for two weeks, this pandemic will be over. And so everybody we knew did just that. They sheltered in place. And those two weeks, now you know the two weeks turned into two years, but I'm just talking about those two weeks. Those two weeks seemed like they took forever, forever. And part of that is because the normal connections that we have with people. Now you say, well, Ken, I sheltered in place with my spouse or, you know, my family was there. That may be true, but your circle of influence, the, the influence of your communion is much bigger than that. And that was especially noted in the church. I, I felt that way. If it, it, you know, I, I would... First in Somerdale, and then here, I would come into a building where there was no one. Now, one of the fun little things I think Dee or one of the other ladies did was they put up little cardboard 
figures of people <laughs> pretending that there were some people here in order to just kind of get an image that there's somebody out there. You know, I had been doing television for several years before that. I was used to looking at a camera lens and imagining that there are people there, but it was not the same because this was supposed to be the place where communion takes place. And there wasn't anybody here, but maybe Jeremy or someone else running the video and the sound. You remember how hard that was and how much joy that we experienced when we were finally able to come back. I mean, it was like a triumph. Communion with one another, and then by extension, the action of it, the speaking, the writing, the sharing of who we are with other people and bouncing things off of other people. It is important. What psychologists tend to find is that when we are separated from other people, when you're in solitary confinement or you're confined to a bed and you have no visitors as many people experience in these nursing homes, when you're confined like that, it has an effect. First, it becomes an emotional effect. People become emotionally sick, become very depressed, fall into despair, and then oftentimes what is an emotional or psychological effect results in physical maladies developing. We have to have communication. We have to have fellowship with one another. Many, many years ago, there was a show on 2020. I remember seeing it and it's made this impression on me all these years. 2020, the ABC News show, had a special on Americans who were adopting children from Russia. Maybe some of you saw it. And what they depicted was that many of those children that are in those Russian orphanages had no physical contact from birth. And what was the problem was that many of those little babies were just, they were healthy, they were being fed, but they were dying. They were not dying from starvation. They were not dying because they didn't get enough liquids or anything like that. They were physically cared for. The only component that they could determine that was missing was a mother's care. So what did they do? They started using folks to literally come into those hospitals and hold the babies. Just hold the babies for several hours at a time. And guess what happened? No more babies dying. Those little babies, although consciously, I guess, not able to recognize what was happening to them, subconsciously were reacting to the lack of touch and affection and were literally dying because of a lack of love and contact. Communication is important. Now, one of the famous Bible characters that we're going to think about here for a few minutes. We're just going to look at three verses of Scripture. They're found in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's see. I think I can write those on here. Okay. Oops. 1 Kings 19. We're going to look at verses 4 
then 10, and then 18. Now this, I'll give you a little setup. This is the story about Elijah. Elijah has been threatened by Jezebel, the wicked queen. He had killed the 450 prophets of Baal with a sword and seemed like great day of triumph. It was a great day of triumph, just the previous chapter, chapter 18. But Jezebel said, you know what, <laughs> more so to me and, and uh, you know, curses on me if by tomorrow this time you're not dead. <laughs> so Elijah is like, oh no, I, this, this woman, she's after me. So he runs away and he hides up in a cave. He's pretty well decided, even though, even though there had been that verbal commitment by Israel that they're going to serve God at the demise of those prophets of Baal. Still, because of the threats of this ungodly woman, he decides that he's the only one who's standing up for God. And listen how it is that the situation is portrayed, how he feels about what's going on. Okay, if you'll read verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Elijah doing okay with this period of separation and lack of communion with other folks? He doing okay? Shake your head this way. Not only does he say, boy, I wish I were dead. Who does he take that plea to? God. I, I wish you'd take my life from me. Now, it's not that deal where we are with the Apostle John. You know, we say, even so come, Lord Jesus. You know, we want the, well, the Lord to return. That is not what's motivating him. He's not like, boy, I wish the world would end so I could go and be with the Lord. No, he's like, I am so frustrated. I am so, I'm so down on myself and I feel so alone. I, I wish this were just over. God, will you just, will you just take my life from me? And then uh, verse 10. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenants, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. You know, my Lord, I've been faithful but all everybody else, they just turned their back on you. And look, they just, it is, oh, it's a mess. It is hopeless. I'm the only one. And then what happens in verse 18? Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So what does God say to Elijah? Not so. And if you look at the couple of previous verses, God says, not only are you not alone and I've got 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee, but actually I need you, <laughs> I need you to end this pity party right now and get out there and do something. You know, don't, don't stay here in this cave. Don't keep yourself separated from other people. Get right back out there. Many times, that's a remedy for us. Just get back out there. Now, communion, communication, positive communication, 
Building relationships is going to be our focus here tonight. I don't want to find myself out in the barren land feeling as though I have no one. You do have someone. If you had nobody else, as is our emphasis in this study, we have our families. And it may be that, you know, the past holds all kinds of dark uh, situations in it, uh, mistakes that we have made. Um, we, we, have, we have just, we've made terrible choices in the past. That's fine. You need to repent of that. Repent of that. But take the initiative now to make the right steps in regard to the relationships that God has put you in so that you can enjoy communion with other people. It'll benefit you emotionally, but it will also be a blessing to them as well. So let's think about that. I have six rules here for positive communication. Six rules. Now, you don't have... Ken, those are dumb. I'm not following those. Okay, peace. I'm just trying to give you helpful suggestions so that you don't find yourself in a cave one of these days wishing that you were dead, but that you're surrounded with a kind of support and encouragement and are able to extend your own support and encouragement to others that will not only lift you up, you become a beneficiary, but will also restore and bless the family that God has given to you. And the first thing that I'm going to say to you is we just, we need to find the time, find the time. Um, I look at these streams that then become rivers and flow out to the ocean. Um, how, how long did it take for those things to develop? A couple of days. Can you go out here and observe the development of a river? <laughs> no, no. Um, over a lot of time and water going places, you know, we have the development of streams and rivers and you can create man-made uh, circumstances, but ultimately what happens with regard to the water? The water just travels over currents and gets stronger and it expands the borders and ultimately lots and lots of time results in the cutting through rocks and dirt and all that stuff. How long does it take to build a faithful family, you reckon? You're just born with it, right? Uh, you come into it, everything's good. Sometimes not. Sometimes in order to build relationships, communicative relationships where you share positively, it takes, it takes a lot of time. I remember reading in a book about his life and then later I was talking with somebody who used to frequent his office. They were talking about Gus Nichols. Anybody ever heard of Gus Nichols? Okay. Gus Nichols was famous for his study time and all, but he was also famous for something else. It was said that when someone came to his office, that he would drop everything that he was doing and situate himself so that he could focus on that person to hear exactly what it is that they had to say. Now, the person that I'm talking about, Robert Martin, said that 
when he would go to talk to Gus Nichols, he said literally it felt like there was nobody else in the world that mattered to him but me in that moment. Isn't that awesome? To know that somebody who's listening or communicating with, with you, that they have your undivided attention and vice versa. You know that they're not off daydreaming, thinking about something else, that you feel like there's nobody else in the world right there. If you're going to really hear somebody, you've got to focus on what it is that's being talked about. I've known people that, like, and you come through the door, and Anita and I used to laugh about this, this one person. He's gone on to his reward now, but he'd come through the door, and he'd stick out his hand. He'd say, hey, Brother Forrest, how you doing? And he'd, he'd be gone before I even got a chance to respond. And sometimes as he walked over there, I'd say, yeah, you know, I'm doing good. Let me tell you about, you know, it's just, it was kind of funny. And he did it that way to everybody. Now, did he, did he get around and greet everybody? Probably. But he was on a mission. Really didn't stop to take time to hear the answer to the question that he was asking. And it kind of made you feel like, well, you know, it didn't really matter. I thought, one of these days, I'm just going to say something horrific and see if he even notices. I never did that, but I thought about it a lot of times. Oh, you probably did. Yeah, probably did. And then gave me that look, you know. Uh, but we, you know, I, I've, I have, if you come to my office and you want to talk about something, because of what I heard about Gus Nichols, I thought that is such an impressive thing. If someone comes in, in to speak to you, drop everything that you've got going on and give them your full attention. When you do that, you will be truly communing with the other person. Communication will take place. A second thing that we need to learn to do is listen. Listen. Now, I guess we could, that, that story was a pretty good segue into that idea of listening. Some people are not very good listeners. And you can often tell whether the person's taken in what you have to say or not. Or whether they've, you know, if you have to say something a couple of different times, they didn't catch it the first time, you're pretty sure they weren't listening, at least at that juncture. Sometimes, I know Anita will look at me and she'll say, I know you're looking at me and you're nodding your head like this, but I can tell that you're thinking about a scripture right now. You're practicing your sermon in your head. And I'll, yes, <laughs> but shame on me, right? Bad boy, bad boy. Um, you know, we've got to be better about dedicating ourselves to the other person and listening. Now, of course, I wouldn't call out any names, but um, sometimes people will come in my office and they'll say, can, 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 I, can I talk to you? And I will do as I say I'm trying to do. I'll drop everything that I'm doing and I'll sit there and I'll start listening to what they have to say. And it might go on for an hour. They're talking and sharing and talking and sharing. And I sit there. I might jot some things down on a piece of paper uh, to remind me of something that has been said that I might want to get back to later. But at the end of the hour, 
How many times have people said to me, Ken, I just, I really appreciate your helping me with this. I really just appreciate how you have helped me get through this thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I literally did not say not one word to you. (laughs) But what happened in that session was they were able to speak. They were able to say. And in the process of doing that, almost always people tend to work out their own problems just because they had the freedom to be able to air it. Maybe it was actually the first time they ever heard themselves saying it. You don't, oftentimes, you don't have to contribute anything much to a conversation when someone's trying to share something of great importance in their life with you. You know... Yeah, when Marilyn comes, it's not because I don't want to say anything. It's just that. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Okay, will you read James chapter 1 and verse 19? Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Okay, did you hear that? Because y'all are all really deeply in tune right now. Let every man be swift to hear or listen and slow to speak. Sometimes people hear something, they've already made up their mind about what the deal is and they're just going to give you the conclusion. that They haven't even heard the whole story, but they've jumped a conclusion about it. They have read your mind <laughs> and now they're ready to shove the uh, advice down your throat. There it is. Bing, bang, boom. Got the bow on it. That's it. And you're like, wait, what just happened here? He says, no, what what we need to be quick to do is not not to open up and start throwing advice, but quick to hear, slow to speak. Uh, That same Robert Martin that I was talking about a moment ago, uh, I oftentimes would ask him a question. He'd say, uh, let me think about that. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And I'm... I endeavored to be that way too, you know, not to be so quick to give an answer, but to be thoughtful in the reply that we make. And and here's something that's interesting. I just wanted to throw this in for fun. This is from the book of Job, chapter 42 and verse 4. Now, let me set this up for you. Two times prior to what happens right here, and by the way, this is the last chapter, but two times prior to this, This is the communication, the conversation between God and Job. Everybody's already spoken. All the advice that was so bad has been laid out. And now it's just God and Job. And when God starts, God twice already has said, Now, Job, you set yourself up like a man and you get ready to answer my question. You get ready. He says that twice, but in the midst of all that, God is just rapid fire going, how did I do this? And how did I do this? And what do you think about this? And where were you? And I did. And he's like, wow. And so right here is what Job has to say to God. Here, I beseech thee and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. Okay. My translation says, listen (laughs) and I'll speak. You know, it's like, Lord, 
Wow, this is like trying to drink from a fire hose. I can't handle this. I only have like three or four verses in response to all that you have to say. And here's the gist of what I have to say. You win, <laughs> whatever you say, because I had no right ever to question you. But don't you love that part? He's just like, God's just bringing it. And finally, Job, with really nothing to add, just simply says, Lord, would you just stop for a second and listen? Just let me say something. Because you won't need to talk anymore after this. You ever been with somebody like that? I have a friend, Vance Davis. He said he used to have the, a friend. He said, honestly, he would come into my office and he would start talking. And as he was catching a breath, I would think I'm about to, you know, add something. And then he just... You know, just get a breath quick enough so he could keep talking. He just wouldn't stop talking. And so he said, after about 30 minutes of nonstop talking, he said, you know, those kind, you just can't get a word in edgewise. He said, I started doing this. A, B, C, D. He said, finally, the guy stopped and said, what, what are you doing? He said, well, I couldn't get a word in, so I thought I'd start with the alphabet. <laughs> Have you ever been with somebody like that or are you like that? Now, we, if it's communication that we're seeking, it's a two-way street, right? I'm trying to share with you and you're trying to share with me. It's communion together. We're trying to share with one another. Well, I take it that time, time is up. Uh, thank you for your attention tonight, for lending me your ears. I hope we communicated. Uh, you can jot down these several other things. I think they're pretty well self-explanatory. These things are going to help us with our communication. Remember, to favor the other person. Listen to what they have to say. And if you have something to contribute, do. But sometimes all it requires to build these relationships is just be a good listener in our families. Let's have a prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for this occasion that we can be together to study and just to remember the importance of communicating with one another, to be positive in our communications. Help us not be selfish in dominating our conversations. Help us in our conversations to, to have a purpose in it. And in doing that, that we can know one another better, draw closer to one another, especially, Lord, help us to be that way in our families, not to be bullies, not to be overly critical, not to be condescending, but to seek unity and oneness in our conversations with one another, at least to the point, if we don't agree, at least to understand clearly one another. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of communication. Help us to be positive in it. In Jesus' name, amen.